Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Genesis chapter 41, and we're going to read this. Are you guys ready to have a good time today? You guys up for this? If you get bored today, I just want to let you know you're a boring human being. Because I'm not a boring preacher. Can I get an amen? All right, so Genesis chapter 41, we're going to have a good time today. I promise I won't bore you with things that don't apply to your life. What we teach on Sundays here is intended to impact your Mondays, Tuesdays. All right, just Tuesdays, and then we stop, and then you can do the rest. Just kidding. Genesis chapter 41. It says this, and I'm going to skip around just a little bit. So here's the background of Genesis 41. There was a butler and a baker we read about last week. They had dreams. Remember, both of them had a dream. Joseph interprets both dreams, and they both came to pass. One guy died in three days. The other guy got reinstated. Joseph has one request. Remember me when you get back into Pharaoh's good standings. So what does that joker do? He forgets. He forgets for two and a half years. And then what happens is, is, is Pharaoh has a dream. And no one in the kingdom, none of the, none of the psychics, none of the, none of the magicians, uh, no, no one can interpret the dream that Pharaoh has. He has a dream that there's, there's seven cows and seven heads of, uh, of, uh, uh, seven heads and, and the, the first seven are healthy and the second seven are, are nasty looking. And the nasty looking cows eat the healthy looking cows. And no one can interpret the king's dream. Then all of a sudden this guy goes, oh yeah, that's right, when I was in the pen, there was a guy. I knew a guy when I was locked up. And uh, he's still in there. He can interpret dreams. That's where we're going to pick up reading right here. And this is Joseph's rise to power. Let's read it here. It says this in uh, chapter 41, verse 8 and 9. It says, this is, the, this is uh, again, uh, the, the butler, I believe, speaking. And he says this in verse 8. He goes, all right, um, where are we at? My Bible's so tagged up here. I got like hieroglyphics. Okay. It says this, now it came to pass in the morning that, that Pharaoh's spirit was troubled at the dream that he had. And it says that he sent and called all of the, the magicians of Egypt, all the wise men. Pharaoh told his dreams to them, but no one was able to interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh and said, I remember now the air, my faults this day. I forgot about that guy in the pen. Uh, when Pharaoh was angry with me, this guy interpreted the dream. And let's skip on. He, he talks about Joseph and how awesome he was. Go to verse 14, and it says, Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph because of the butler, and they brought him. I want you to notice these next phrases. They brought him quickly. Quickly, which I think is funny. After two and a half years, they put quickly in there. They brought him quickly, and out of the dungeon, they shaved him. They changed his clothing, and then he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, Joseph, I had a dream. There's no one here that can interpret it, but I've heard it said that you can understand a dream and actually interpret it. So Joseph answered and said this, it is not, it is, uh, it is not in me, it is not in me, but God, but God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. That sounds like humility to me. And let's, let's fast forward here just a few verses. It goes on and it says this in verse 34. I have to turn the page. I'm on page uh, 66. That helps nobody. Okay. 
it says this. It goes on in verse uh, 34. It says, so after all these things took place, uh, Joseph gives recommendations after he interprets the dream. He says, all right, this is what you should do, Pharaoh. You should uh, select a very discerning and a, and a wise man. Let Pharaoh do this and appoint officers over the land to collect 20% of all the produce of Egypt in, in, during the seven plentiful years and gather them up. And he gives Pharaoh a strategy. The strategy is so good that we read in verse 37. So the, the advice that Joseph gave was so good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all of his servants that Pharaoh said, hey, can we find anyone as good as this guy in whom is the spirit, watch this, of God. Notice that when you do what God told you to do, the way that God tells you to do it, that even non-believers will acknowledge the spirit of God inside of you. Spirit of God is in this guy. No one's like this guy. Inasmuch God has shown you all these things, you, no one's as, as discerning and as wise as you, you shall be over all of my house, Pharaoh says, over all of the people. You'll, 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 rule, they'll rule, uh, you'll rule according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I've set you over, almost done, over all of Egypt. Quickly. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off of his hand, put it on Joseph's finger, clothed him, come on, with some skinny jeans, let's be honest, put a gold chain, come on somebody, around his neck. This sounds like a rapper all of a sudden. And it says, and he, he let him ride in Air Force Two, come on, his chariot. And they cried out before him, bow the knee, so he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man will lift his hand uh, or foot in all the land of Egypt. The power is on. I want to talk to you today about power. Is that all right? Can you pray with me real quick? God, I just thank you for the privilege of sharing the word this morning at Ocean's Church. I pray you would speak to us. I pray that you'd meet us where we are. Show us the purpose of your power. Bless the Los Angeles Lakers in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. Come on, say Amen. You ever overestimated your gifts? Anyone ever put too much confidence in what you could do? Three honest people in this church. I got married uh, in 2005. Married the flyest woman on the planet. Took her off the market. Mankind, uh, all the males of the earth were depressed for six months. And uh, Rashawn and I got married, and I just thought, man, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know why she said yes, but she did. Come on. The Lord deceived her, blessed me. We got married. My goal was I want to do everything in my power to make this woman happy. And uh, she, she's just into interior design, and she's always been like this. And we bought our first house, and she goes, babe, do you think that you could put like a chandelier in our bedroom? I said, girl, I can do anything for you. So we got this chandelier, about four hours later the chandelier was hanging, and it was awesome. And then she goes, all right, babe, that was, that was impressive, I'm impressed. I'm, I, I didn't think you were very handy. I said, neither did I. I was like, of course I'm handy. I'm a man. Come on, I said like this, I'm a man. And so then after I got the chandelier up, I, uh, she goes, do you think that you could install a dimmer switch? Because right now there's two settings for that chandelier. It's heaven or the darkness of hell. And so uh, I actually, I'm like, yeah, I could put a dimmer switch in. Maybe I got this. I could figure this out. So I, all, all I remember, all I remember is, is holding a screwdriver 
in one hand. It's a true story, Mikey. I had like pliers in the other hand. And I was cutting some wires. <laughs> and the, all, listen, listen, it's a true story. All I recall is, is there was an outage of my consciousness. And there was, a, there was a solid three seconds that are unaccounted for. That I just remember getting zapped. And then I came to, and I heard the screwdriver bouncing on the wood floors. But it was like the second bounce. So there was a time period that I got shocked. And um, it was a scary moment. I don't know if you've ever been shocked before. Who's ever been electro- electrocuted? It's a, it's, a, it's a feeling you don't soon forget. Remember, Rochelle heard the screwdriver fall to the ground. She goes, babe, you okay? It was loud. I said, I think so. And then I said this, this crazy revelation I had in that moment. I said, babe, the power's still on. The power still on. And I discovered, I've done a lot of dimmer switches since that day, that one of the secrets of successful installation is making sure the power's off before you, before you start playing with the wires. Power's on. I believe that power is awesome. I believe that God made you to actually harness his power. I believe that we're made in the image of the all-powerful God. And I believe many people don't realize that as Christians, we don't just have rights to heaven, that we have rights for heaven to enter our life here on earth. Many people don't realize that promotion comes from God. They don't realize that, that literally favor comes from God. That he is an all-powerful God. And I believe that one of the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that we learned from the devil, Lucifer, uh, is that he actually realized, he, he made the mistake of thinking that power was supposed to go to him and not through him. I believe nothing will ruin your life faster than using the power God gives you to go to end at you and not go through you. God's power was never designed to be a cul-de-sac to you. It was designed to be a passageway that hits you and goes to those around you. I believe that power is something that it can bless your family, it can bless your business, it can bless your marriage, it can take care of you. There's, there's God-given authority and God-given power that he has, but I believe many people ruin their lives because they don't know how to properly respect the power. Are you following me today? I actually believe that if you don't know how to respect power, you'll get shocked. I believe many people don't like church because they had an encounter with power, but the power wasn't grounded. I remember I was in the stereos growing up. I like to put loud stereos in cars because I didn't want to hear well when I got older. And, uh, all right. And uh, I remember uh, I, I hooked up the amplifier. My friend hooked it all up. And everything was, wor- everything was set up properly, but the only thing that was, was wrong is there was no power coming through. And it, it was very simple. It's because every amplifier in a car You have to actually get the final wire, drill a hole in the frame of your car, and mount, they call it the ground wire. And I believe this, that God is the same way. His power doesn't flow through us until we're grounded. I believe many people, they don't understand living out the purpose of God because they've never let God develop character inside of them that makes them grounded. You see, power to someone that's not humble will ruin their life, not help their life. Are you tracking with me today? This is crazy. The Bible says four things here that we learn about Joseph is that Joseph, he was 13 years of development 
And then one day he goes to sleep in jail. He fell asleep in prison. He woke up in prison. His reality was the same for years. But you know what's crazy? I believe God's power can come quickly. And I believe that when God's power comes over your life, it can change your environment immediately. I actually believe some of you are going to have an encounter with God's power today that's actually going to change the way you wake up tomorrow morning. Joseph woke up in a different place the following day because power came quickly to him. Now follow me. I'm, I'm talking about this. this is like anything else. Power is like money. It's like, it's, like, uh, it's like platforms. There's nothing directly wrong with power, money, or platforms. It's all about your attitude towards them. You follow me? Money's not evil. It's the love of money. Power's not evil. It's the love of misusing power. Are you tracking me right now? Tracking with me. So watch this. It says that, that the first thing that we learn about power is it says this, that, that Joseph, uh, Joseph was sent for quickly by Pharaoh. I believe that when power finds you, the first thing that will happen is, is power has the ability to actually change things quickly. So you're taking notes. I want you to write this down about power. Power wants to change areas of your life quickly. I believe God's power will change your attitude quickly. I believe God could change your marriage today quickly. I believe God can heal physical bodies. And it's going to get quiet in the Presbyterian church just for a second. But I believe God's power can change things quickly. You follow me? I'm not trying to be too Pentecostal today. Come on. But I want you to know that God's power can change things in your life quickly. Not only can power change things quickly, it says they shave they shaved Joseph immediately, which tells me this, that power can clean you up. God's power has the ability to clean areas of your life that you couldn't clean on your own. Many people live dirty lives because they never encounter God's power. There's something about God's power that can purify you. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but some of you, you don't need, you don't need more of this or more of that. It's not more money or more fame or more followers. You need God's power telling you that when his power flows through you, what is, what is power connected to? It's connected to a realization that God loves me. And his love is tangible. It's tangible. You can feel it. You can sense it. You can almost see it. And power came quickly. It shaved Joseph, so it, it cleaned him up. And then this, the third thing it says is it changed, they changed his clothes. You know what power has the ability to do? It has the ability to change you. To change you. A lot of my friends in high school, when I went to Bible college in Idaho, I was uh, one of the you know, most popular, best-looking, humble, um, I'm joking, guys, a tough crowd. Like, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? He is good-looking. Um, okay, okay, it's a joke. It was crazy. It was when I was in high school, I, you know, I had the, you know, a lot of things going on. I was an amateur pro snowboarder, lived just uh, north of Los Angeles, spent the first 18 years of my life there. And God tells me at a camp in Idaho while I'm visiting my dad, move to Idaho, go to Bible college, and serve God. So I'm like, this is stupid, but it's awesome. Come on, let's try it out. So we did this experiment. I moved to Idaho, and all of my friends in California were saying, Mark has got religion. Mark, Mark, some of my friends were saying I was a nun. Come on, with friends like that, who needs enemies? Come on. And they're dogging me. They're making fun of me. You know what happened is they saw me change overnight in an instant, not because I got religious, but because I had an encounter with the power. I want you to know it says in 1 Corinthians that the message of Jesus is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to those of us that are being saved by it, it says it's the power of God. 
I believe there's power in Christianity. And I want to just, I believe this, that God brought us to, to Orange County because there's a lot of churches that do good deeds and good works, but they don't have his power. I believe that Christianity without power is not true Christianity. Real Christianity changes you. Many people are like, well, I'm just, it's my religious obligation. Come on, somebody. It's not an obligation. Explain to me how all these people in the Bible changed. It was a power encounter. Moses didn't go back to Egypt because he, it was a good idea. It's because he had a power encounter at a bush. Abraham didn't get outside of his tent, look, look at the stars and say, hey, let's go inherit a promised land because it was a good idea. He had an encounter with the power of God. Saul of Tarsus doesn't become a mega apostle because it was a good religious idea. He had a power encounter. This Reed, this guy with no backbone, he's a chameleon. He's, he's, a, he's a cusser around cussers. He's a partier around cu- uh, partiers. He's a Christian around Christians. This guy has no backbone. And God chooses this, this Luke, lukewarm, half-hearted individual to be the, the major starter of the early church. He goes from a reed to a rock because of one power encounter. I believe that one of the narratives of Christianity is that it's a power that has the ability to transform you. Come on, somebody. Preaching better than you're responding today. I believe this. This is, what, this is my story. Is I did not wake up and get religion. I had an encounter with the power of God. And I'm not trying to propagate this on everyone because I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of a relaxed individual. You're a little bit hyper this morning. I had two coffees. Forgive me. But you know what I want you to know is I, I, I want you to know that if you win the lottery, I don't care how introverted you are. I'm just not a very animated individual. I've seen you at the Charger game. I've seen some of you on TV at the Super Bowl. You know what's crazy? We get more excited for entertainment than we do for God. And I'm not trying to condemn people because I get it. I wouldn't be excited at some of these churches either. I'm like, my gosh, like the first church of the, the stale-hearted. It's like, my gosh, it's crazy in here. It's like, my gosh, they start 8 o'clock sharp and they end at 9 o'clock dull. There's no power in this room. And I'm not trying to throw rocks. I'm just trying to tell you. I get it. I spent 18 years of my life, and I never saw a church that harnessed God's power well. Because it's either churches that have power, but they're so randomly all over the board that you'd never want to invite a friend there. And it's hard to make disciples of the nation if you, they, if you can't create an atmosphere that people can make decisions for Jesus. So they have power, but they're all over the board. Or they have crazy organization and structure, but there's no presence of God. God began to speak to Rashad and I, what would it look like to go into a region and actually, with wisdom, handle the power of God, but with, 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 with wisdom, be, have structure and organization? What does a church look like that models after the ministry of Jesus Christ that was full of wisdom, but was also full of power? Christianity with just wisdom is no different than a TED Talk. I get wisdom from TED Talks, but I get power from God's presence. Are you tracking with me today? If you're going to clap to God, give God a good hand clap this morning. I'm almost finished up. I love it. It says that he, he was shaved, so it cleaned him, and power changed him. I believe that one of, the, one of the quantifying traits of who Jesus is, is he has power that when it touches you, it leaves you different. Changed him. 
And the fourth thing that power will do in your life, this is why I think even if you're not a believer in Jesus today, why you should want God's power, is because God's power will bring you before great men. You know what it will do? Fourth thing is not only will it come quickly to you, not only will it clean you and it change you, power from God will elevate you. You know what's funny about everyone in the room? Everyone in the room wants to spend their life making a difference. No one in the room wants to get divorced. No one in the room, as a kid, goes, you know what I hope to do? I hope to work a job I can't stand, live with someone I don't love, and do nothing with my life. No one dreamed that dream. But many people are living out that reality. You know why? It's because they've never had an encounter with the power of God, and they've never said, God, I'm open to your power your way. So let's bring this full circle. Why are people so depressed, discouraged, in Orange County, living in beautiful houses, married to beautiful people, but still empty on the inside? Can I answer the question today? Because power was never given to us for status. It's never given to us for status. And when you spend the power God gives you on yourself, you'll always be in a worse state. But when you get the power that God gives you and you start using it for other people, it's going to get quiet in here just for a second. I know I'm kicking some sacred cows in Orange County. But I want you to know that God doesn't just want to take care of you so you can take care of yourself. God wants to do something so mighty in your family, in your marriage. How can we tell people that our God is different when our lives and our marriages are the same as theirs? How can we tell the world that our God is good when our life is falling apart? I believe that one of the qualifying uh, characteristics of Christianity is it's attractive because there's something different in you. Well, I just got to drink a little bit to take the edge off. I thought prayer does that. I got to take these pills to take the edge off. I thought prayer. Listen, I'm not trying to hate on alcohol or any even medication. I'm just trying to say this to you. I think if we have to medicate ourselves into a good place, unless we have a clinical condition that requires medication, then praise the Lord. But I'm just telling you, I think many people, they go, well, I just had a really stressful day. I just need to, I just need to unwind. I need to find a glass of wine. I got to just do, and I'm not against alcohol. I'm just trying to tell you, I actually think many people don't realize that God is the source of our peace. I don't, I don't need substance. I don't need, I don't need narcotics. I don't need anything. You know how I get happy? In the presence of God. You know where strength comes from? It's manufactured in the presence of God. You know where confidence comes from? It's manufactured in the presence of God. Do you know where your courage comes from? Everyone wants to be courageous. Why do few people live with courage? Because they don't spend enough time in the presence of God. I think Joseph did one thing in 13 years. He spent time with God. How do I know this? Because over and over again it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. He was in prison, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison. He was in slavery for Potiphar, but the Lord was with Joseph in Potiphar's household. Do you know what I believe? I'm sorry, I'm getting excited this morning. Forgive me. Mark, it's, it's week 10. Settle down. I actually believe that everyone in this room, you, your solution to what's going on in your life is to receive and to respect the power of God properly. I actually think that it'll clean you, it'll change you, and it'll actually uh, it'll elevate you in life. It'll elevate your marriage, your career, and your family. So people say, well, Mark, where does power come from? Here's the first point if you're taking notes. Power comes from God. I'm almost finished. Power comes from God. You know what it says in Psalms 62? I love this passage. It says, uh, Psalm 62, 11 says, God has spoken once 
Twice I have heard that power belongs to God. You know what it says? It says to love God is to love life. Do you know the absolute purest form of life is in the presence of God? That's why Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, said to hate God is to love death. Do you know that you can't love life and hate God because they are mutually connected? And it's funny because your friends that go, well, I love life, but I hate God, those are usually the ones that are the most depressed, most addicted. They have to take things, do things, go places to get fulfilled because they're trying to find life outside of the source of life. I'm telling you that Orange County is empty at times because we have power, we have prominence, and we have prosperity, but we're using it to make our life better instead of the world better. God brought, I believe, us to Orange County, and I believe that God is going to give Ocean's Church a lot, a lot of power. But I want you to know it's not so that we can hoard power. It's so that we can help people with power. Come on, that's worth clapping. Come on, give God a hand clap. God, you mark my words. Some of you are like, this is already getting kind of big. This is not, you haven't seen anything yet. And I want you to know, as long as there's 1.6 million people in our county that don't go to church anywhere, 1.6 million, there is not one church, including Saddleback and Mariners, that's too big. Because as long as people aren't going to heaven, there's no church that's too big. Can I get a real amen in the church? So yes, are you, gonna be a, are you trying to be a big church? No, but I am trying to make a big difference. I have one life, and I want to spend my life populating heaven. And I don't apologize for that. I don't expect you to apologize for wanting your company to be successful. I don't expect you to apologize for, for having a great marriage. And I'm not going to apologize to you for wanting to have a great church. This is good preaching this morning. Amen, preacher. Go ahead and get it. Say it. I believe, I'm sorry, but I feel something in here today. I believe many people in this room, you're like, Mark, I don't know. Where, uh, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get promotion. I'm trying to, trying to like climb the ladder. I think many people are climbing a ladder that's connected to the wrong building. Been climbing the corporate ladder. The Bible I read says that we don't try to push our way up by pushing others down. It actually says the way that we go up is by elevating those around us. And I believe that in the kingdom of God, we got to acknowledge that, you know what, promotion comes from God. The power to gain wealth comes from God. It's actually a powerful scripture. I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, uh, it says this um, in Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. It says that God gives us, he blesses us and gives us the power to gain wealth. But you know the reason is? It says that he might establish his covenant with us. Do you know why God wants to give us power? So that, that he can establish his relationship with us? So that when the eyes of the world look to your family and look to your marriage and look to your business, they go, man, they're like, 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 like Pharaoh. I don't believe in your God, but the spirit of God is on you. There's something different about you that everybody else here has. That's why Oceans is going to continue to grow because our families are going to be so healthy. You know what the fastest way to change our region is to change the families of our region. You know, we're going we're, we're to see healthy families rise up out of this community that are going to infect the rest of Orange County with good health. Are you following me? That was kind of funny, right? I'm almost finished today. Keys can come up, on, up here. Help me out. I love this because I believe many people, they don't realize that power comes from God. So here's the second thing I want you to write down. Who receives power? Who receives power? Do you know how you receive power? I believe it's really simple. I believe it's the humble it's the humble. Notice that when he comes to Pharaoh, gets him out quickly, he says, hey, I heard you have power. You interpret dreams. 
You have wisdom. And notice that Joseph's response was this, I don't have much anything, but God. God will give you a favorable response of peace. I believe humble people are the ones that carry the most of God's power. I want you to write this phrase down. Because Joseph was given power to serve other people. To save other people. God doesn't give you power to make your name great. I'm telling you right now, he wants to give you power to make his name great. And if you'll say to yourself, you say, you know, God, if you'll, if, you'll, if, you'll, if you'll clean me, and God, if you'll quickly elevate me out of this circumstance, and God, if you'll, if you'll wash me up, and you'll change my life, and if you'll, if you'll elevate me before great men and great women, I want you to know that I'll use my power to serve people and not just for status. Orange County is empty because we use our power to be selfish. Selfish. There it is. We use our power to be selfish. I've never been anywhere in the world that people drive crazier. Come on, talking about you guys. Never been anywhere in the world that, that, that has nice weather like we do. You know, one of my observations of Orange County is, is so many people here are so obsessed with themselves that they're not even interested in helping the world around them. I want you to know that you're in your neighborhood to love your neighbors. My favorite neighbors is here this morning. I love, my, I love Mikey and Sarah. They're like the nicest people in the world. I love my neighbors. I have other neighbors on the other side. I just, I love, man, I love taking everyone's trash can out to the curb. I take the whole cul-de-sac's trash can out, take it in. I love doing it. They're like, you, who's been taking our trash out? And I'm not saying this to brag about myself. I'm just trying to, I feel like the Lord wants me to give you an illustration that we can't get so busy in our lane that we forget I'm on this street to be a blessing to everyone around me. I want to love these people, man. Well, I love my family. Well, if you love your family but not your neighbor, you're not fulfilling Christianity. It says to love your neighbor, not just your family as yourself. I believe that your family can become an idol if you put it above God. It's happening in Orange County all the time. Because we'll do anything for our kids, but we'll do nothing for our king. I want to honor my king even more than I honor my kids. You want to love your kids? Model Model in front of your kids honoring God. It's better than any amount of money you can give them. It's better than a car. Show them that going to church on Sunday is a priority. Show them reading your Bible before you start your day is a priority. Show them how you look at your Bible app on your phone before you look at any other apps on your phone. Model a godly example at your house. It's way better than any other inheritance. Feel the presence of God in here today. God's power is, it, it falls on the humble. And so there's the last thing I want to ask you. Why does God entrust power to us? Why would God partner with you and give you some of his power? I want to answer that question. Is that all right? I heard Martin Luther say it this way. He goes, without God, God won't. And, or he said this, uh, let's see if I can remember this the right way. He says, God, without God, we can't. But God says without us, he won't. And I believe there's a beautiful partnership. Someone you're like, well, God can do anything without us. I agree with that. But you know what he does is he chooses to partner with us. But I believe if we skip the, the, if we skip the mission, he'll raise somebody else up to fulfill it. I don't think Rochelle and I were, the, were God's first pick to come to Orange County. I think many other people were too scared to leave the comfort of their life 
to pack up their family in a U-Haul and move somewhere they didn't know anybody. But because other people said no, God just said, all right, if they're not going to do it, Mark and Rochelle are going to do it. I don't even know if we are God's first pick. Rochelle probably was. I probably wasn't. I believe this morning that God entrusts power. And here's, here's my response for you. God wants to give you power. It says in Acts 10, verse 38, it says that Jesus went around full of the Holy Spirit, doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Let me, let me interpret this to you. God gives us power to serve people. Do you know why God wants to give you power? So you can serve everyone that you work with. God wants to give you power to make a difference in your, with your boss and with your employees. He wants you to be the greatest leader in your company. He wants you to be the greatest parent at your house, the greatest teacher in your classroom. God gives us power so we can serve, not for status. And I, I really believe this with all my heart. That the more humble we are to be a conduit of God's power, the faster we'll go in reaching people and the more people we can take with us. I like fast cars, forgive me. Like, Lord, I either need to get rich or I need to get good deals. So far, it's been good deals. And I've had some fast cars, but I like, I like fast cars. But you know what's interesting? Fast cars are quick because they have more power than other cars. You know what more power does in your car? It'll take you from point A to point B with everyone with you faster. That's what more power will do. It'll take you from this stoplight to that stoplight with everyone in your car faster. And you know, not only, will, not only will power take you there faster, the second thing power will do in a truck, power, big power can carry big responsibility. Big power can carry big loads. And I believe this about our community, that God is going to give Ocean's Church big power so we can take us and everyone that's with us from here to where God wants us to be fast. And not only fast, but we're going to take a lot of people with us. Come on, how awesome would it be to get to heaven and say, man, look at the millions of people that are here because of what we gave our lives to while we were on the earth. I'm not just here alive to make money. I'm here to make a difference. My career is what I get paid to do, but my call is what I was made to do. Some of you are living just for a career and you're not living for your call. I'm telling you that satisfaction comes from saying, God, I'm going to spend my life not just honoring me. I'm going to spend my life honoring you. If you're going to clap for God this morning, give him a good hand clap. Stand to your feet. I'm finished. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.